Future Proof Extra with Jonathan McRae. Proudly supported by Science Foundation Ireland on News Talk. Now, the climate change problem can often seem intractable and the progress on it especially from the political world, painfully slow at times. We know that the problem is, of course, multifaceted and requires lots of different tools and initiatives. It is a global endeavour that we all have to be involved in. So it's important to know that some progress is being made and that we are innovating new ways to tackle the issue. Well, one such innovation is carbon dioxide upcycling. Here to tell us about it is Professor Andrea Ramirez-Ramirez. She is a chair in Low Carbon Systems and Technologies at the Faculty of Technology, Policy and Management at Delft University of Technology. Welcome to the programme, Andrea. So um, what is carbon upcycling? So carbon upcycling is basically that we take that molecule called CO2 that is causing a lot of problems and we realise, oh, it has carbon, and we use carbon for a lot of things in our economy. So can we take that carbon of CO2 and actually make things out of it? So that's carbon upcycling. It's trying to find another source of carbon that is not fossil related. How do you do that then? What, what, what's required to upcycle a gas? So generally, uh, what you require is for most products, quite a bit of energy. So if you, if you think about that, CO2 is the product of combustion. So it's, it's, you know, it's the leftover. So when you want to do something with CO2, you have to put energy in it in order to produce products. And generally you can either uh, produce chemicals or produce fuels, and you will put at heat or pressure or electricity to do the transformation. The only exception is if you want to do minerals, because minerals are even lower in energy than CO2. And in that case, you require little energy. But most of the time, you need you need energy. And if possible, low carbon energy, otherwise we are doing nothing. Yeah. If you're, you're burning fossil fuels to take the carbon out of the energy, then you're wasting yeah. everyone's time. It's sort of a Sisyphean task. Um, exactly. So... Um, what uh, is the idea then um, for this technology? Let's talk about how we separate that. So you use energy to separate, presumably you're breaking down carbon dioxide into carbon and oxygen. Is that the idea? Yeah, the idea is that you take this CO2 and use a catalyst. The catalyst is a material that you use to speed the reaction, to increase the efficiency, and then uh, use that carbon and mix it, for instance, with hydrogen and then have that to produce fuels or to produce natural gas, what we call synthetic natural gas. Um, and you need to break those bonds and that costs energy. Or you want to add and you ha- want to do a polymer and a polymer is actually a lot of these molecules together. So you want to actually build a chain that also costs energy. Um, and so the idea would be uh, have these sort of um, factories or these sort of um, processing plants where there is an abundance of green energy. Yes. So once from a system point of view, we need to guarantee that there is a low carbon energy that we are putting into the system. So that can be in the form of electricity or low carbon heat. Now, because we are assuming there is going to be a lot of renewable electricity, there's a lot of interest on actually having uh, these factories in places where we can have a lot of that so that we can produce low carbon products. Is it not a bit pointless to be making um, synthetic fuels from carbon dioxide? Is, it, it, will that not also add that carbon back into the environment? So uh, the answer is yes. So as soon as you have CO2 in a fuel and you use the fuel, the product of that is CO2. And yeah. that's what we have gotten in the first place. So it's a, a big point of discussion. 
we need to look at it in two different ways. One is what we aim to do is to avoid that we exploit more fresh fossil fuels to keep destruction of fossil fuels. Um, so even though you are going to put the CO2 back into the atmosphere, at least you avoid it that you extract a new one you are using or reusing. That is kind of a short-term solution over time. You would like to have the carbon that be a little bit circular and renewable and, and something that you are going to see a lot and people are, are kind to explore is to extract the CO2 from the atmosphere, then make fuels and put the CO2 back in the atmosphere and that way create a cycle. The other possibility, of course, and more important, is that we step, you know, stop traveling so much, decrease the kilometers, uh, so that we need less fuels. But we haven't figured out another way to actually travel over long distance if we don't have carbonaceous fuels. So that is uh, that's one of the issues. Yeah, I suppose you could charge the batteries with renewable fuels, but batteries are are probably not yet fully efficient um, compared to a large tank of gas that has been, you know, um, made by taking CO two out of the environment. Is that what you're saying? See, so, yeah, so and, and I'm speaking really about you know aviation and shipping. So for for personal vehicles, we know. We can use electric vehicles. We know we have biofuel. We know we can use hydrogen. Uh, for airplanes and ships, that's where the problem comes. So yes, you would like to have, for instance, batteries, but those are heavy. And you would not like to be without electricity or battery halfway you are flying. So there are groups working on it, but it looks really far away. So while we develop a better solution, we still have to have uh, a gas fueling our, uh, our planes, our ships. Um, and that's where we are concentrated, at least in terms of fuels. So obviously the, the big question is, how much CO2 can we take out of the atmosphere if we have a, a realistic production plant of, of uh, this sort of processing plant uh, to, to create the, the fuel or the plastic? How much CO2 can we pull out using this process? Yeah, well, I, I don't have the number. You know, we produce millions of tons of uh, plastics, but unfortunately, we send to the atmosphere gigatons of CO2. So it's not like we are saying this is the solution or this is what we need to do and climate change is not a problem. It's a little part of the solution, mostly because we need products that have carbon. Now, if you are going to attack the carbon from the atmosphere, you have to think CO2 in the atmosphere is a big problem, but it's only only 420 parts per million. That means that you will have 1,000 balls of, I don't know, tennis balls. You will have to capture half of a tennis ball from that 1,000. That's what we are aiming to do. It's really, really, really diluted. So it consumes a lot of energy. Um, and that's also why people say, what do we do with the industry? And what do we do with the point sources that are emitting concentrated CO2 into the atmosphere? Shouldn't we first use the CO2 before we go to try to use CO2 off the atmosphere? So it is, it is very tricky because you don't want to be sending CO2 at 30% into the atmosphere and then trying to capture it at 0.04%. That doesn't make sense. So um, how do you transform the system? Is I think at the beginning, we are going to be using CO2 from industrial sources, especially CO2 that we cannot decline in other way. And then we need to see how we transform this into better source of carbon over time. I see. So what you're talking about is is taking the CO2 direct from the source. So the, the output of an industry plant, for example, you take the CO2 directly from there rather than from the 
the sort of diluted atmosphere. Um, so so uh, what I'm getting from you is that you're saying this is absolutely not going to make a dent in climate change at all. Is that correct? I, it's it's going to make a... Let's look at the other way around. As far as we need products and whatever you look in your studio or in your car has carbon, whether it's the steel, the plastics, the textile, the clothes you are wearing, the makeup I'm wearing, all that has carbon. So we will still want to produce those products. And we have said we cannot produce them from fossil fuels. So we need to have an alternative source of carbon. And that is regardless, you know, in topic of decreasing climate change. We need another source of carbon. And we have three sources of carbon at this moment. We will have CO2, we will have biomass, and we could have maybe waste, you know, recycling, circular economy. Now, biomass will be there but you need to have sustainable biomass. So there is no an unlimited amount of biomass. Circularity will be there, but then you need to control how it happens and the kind of energy you need to put into the system to actually have all materials being circular. And then you have CO2 who also requires energy. So I think at the end of the day, we are going to have a combination of these three, which are very dependent on the resources that are available. Where does the hydrogen come? Where does the biomass come? Where does the, bio, the waste come? And where does the CO2 come from? And what kind of energy I need? Um, and that is going to be done to still keep the services that we have today, to still have clothes, to still have buildings. On top of that, we have a big problem with climate change. So we need to decrease the carbon footprint. So now you need to keep the services and decrease the carbon footprint. So CO2 utilization is gonna play a role, but it's not the solution, at least in my opinion, to the big question of climate change, but it's needed in order to provide services that are low carbon footprint in the future, if that makes sense. You talked about um, carbon-based products. Um, obviously, lots of things are made of carbon, you know, fuel being one, um, plastics being another. Are there other ideas or uses for the upcycled carbon dioxide that, that we're trying to claim from the atmosphere? Yeah, so there is all kind of things. It goes from uh, people producing vodka from CO2. Really? <laughs> yes, and you can buy it. Um, in the uh, Now with COVID, people were producing just, you know, disinfectants from for your hands from CO2 um, to producing mattresses where are, you already can buy them with a 20% CO2 to produce, you know, we use today, I think around, I don't know, 200 million tons of CO2, whether it's in the Coca-Cola or, or, you know, the fizzy drink that you drink or the beer that you drink to things like urea, like fertilizers are one of, of the products we produce, you know, uses a lot of CO2. Um, so there is a market there, but again, we produce gigatons. It's, it's so much CO2 we produce that even if we use a lot of that to produce product, we still have a problem. So it is it is not a simple picture, I would say. No. Um, is there any way of taking the CO2 out of the environment in a way that it will never recombine to cause that climate change impacting gas? Yes, there is. And that's, uh, so part of what we uh, aiming to do, there are two different cases, but in the case of utilization, we are speaking, for instance, about uh, producing minerals or producing concrete like for construction. So you can, for instance, take the CO2 and mix it with concrete, and then that CO2 will be in the structure of the concrete and will be in our buildings. It doesn't do anything else. It's capturing the building for, you know, the lifetime of the building. So 
very long time. Um, you can also take uh, waste from iron and steel or from coal power plants and mix it with CO2 to make aggregates. And those are used, for instance, for road making. So there are products which will capture the CO2 for longer period of time, but yeah, no, no, most in the construction sector than in other sectors. Say somebody took this idea and ran with it and got the billionaire tech bros in, invested in the idea 100%. Could, could CO2 upscaling upscale to be something that is a real um, method of, of reducing global warming? Or no matter what we do, this is still an expensive and sort of a niche idea as a, as a technology? No, I think there are some ideas that are moving fast. So there are at least 10 companies that are producing some kind of polymers so plastics based on CO2 today. There are another, maybe larger number of companies who are actually mixing CO2 into concrete or aggregates. And those are business cases. Those are happening today. They are selling, they are working with uh, cement companies to, to decrease their carbon footprint. Uh, what is a little bit lower and maybe will come in 2014 or 2050 is the idea of just having CO2 mixing with water and electricity into one unit and then producing a chemical directly. A lot of groups, including uh, groups here at the university who are working on that, but it's a little bit early in the stage of development. It's where we think maybe by 2040, that's how we will be producing chemicals. But today there are, there are business already happening and already scaling up, not at the speed that we need, but they are already happening. Obviously, those who don't like the idea of the changes we'll have to make and the sacrifices we have to make in the face of climate change will jump on technologies that they can say, oh, look, you know, this technology is going to help us save um, the planet. We don't need to stop using fossil fuels and so on. Is there a danger um, in how we communicate these sort of technologies that people may uh, misinterpret them and think that actually we don't need to have urgent change now when it comes to climate change? Yes, I think there is the danger that people think very easily the solution will be there sometime and why do we need to do the homework today? Um, but the reality, I think, is we need to do the homework and these changes we are speaking, for instance, producing CO2 or using CO2 to produce products will not happen unless we have a low carbon electricity. So we need to change the way we produce electricity worldwide or low carbon heat or better ways of transport. And still, we'll need to decrease the amount of CO2 emissions, and we need to have a whole policy and infrastructure. So this will not happen, and let's be clear, they are more expensive to produce than using fossil fuels. So it is, it's fossil fuels is the cheapest way to produce products, yeah. and the more, more contaminants. So this is not necessarily cheaper. It's greener. It includes the cleaner. It's a better way of producing, but it has a, a price tag into it. And therefore, we need to change and, and have the subsidies, have better electricity or low carbon networks, heat, in order to make this possible. As I said before, worst case scenario, we produce this process in fossil-based, unabated you know, electricity and then generate more CO2 than what we are doing today at a more higher price. That's, that doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. Um, but as I say, everything we can do to try and remove CO2 from the environment uh, is a good thing. Um, yes. Thanks very much for joining us, Professor Andrea Ramirez. Ramirez uh, from Delft University. It was a pleasure having you on. Thanks. Thank you. 
Future Proof Extra with Jonathan McRae. Proudly supported by Science Foundation Ireland on News Talk.